on something that we actually brought up last Friday, um, but now we're going to get some more clearer details uh, about what this could potentially mean for our city. Talking about the idea brought forth by Councillor Michael Jans, City Councillor for Ward Papasteo, uh, talking about introducing some stricter regulations for short-term rentals in our cities, things like Airbnb and Verbo, wanting to amend bylaw 2002 to increase regulations around these short-term rentals. Is this the direction that the city needs to go? Let's get some answers from that councillor, Michael Jans, who is joining us right now. Councillor, thank you so much for making the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. So let's just talk a little bit about this, this idea and clarify from your standpoint what it is that you want to push forward with the idea of amending this bylaw. Why do you want to approach this? Why is this an area of focus for you? Yeah, across North America, uh, municipalities and and provinces are looking at short-term rentals. And we've seen over the last decade what was intended to be a a short tool for if you were going away on holiday and you wanted somebody to look after your phone, your uh, your home. Uh, this this was an opportunity for you. But what it's it's spun wildly out of control, even to the point where it's impacting the number of homes available for rent. We're seeing some homes that are being purpose built to basically function as ghost hotels. And that's not the intent of the rules. And and uh, it has a negative effect on housing affordability. It, it eliminates choices for renters. If you have a bad landlord, that's one more uh, one more home that you now can't rent. And uh, we're seeing places ranging from the entire province of British Columbia that's introducing legislation to, tr- to crack down on short-term rentals to cities like New York and Chicago and Halifax and others who are also doing the same. So I, I think it's time that we return back to the original purpose, which was truly short-term rentals, not permanent rentals. And that's why I'm proposing an amendment to in- to cap the number of days that you can have an Airbnb on a market on the market up to uh, 90 days a year. Um, that's three months. That's ample generosity. Uh, and it would then allow um, the other units to become homes again. We know that there's certainly a few folks who let out a bedroom here or there, but we also know that there's these mega, mega Airbnbs that have as many as, you know, 45, 38 or more properties. And uh, um, that's that's a big issue. And, and it's come up in a number of ways, not just in terms of housing affordability and the cost of living, but also in terms of these problem properties that sometimes these homes are used as party houses and then the neighbors or the police are left having to pick up the bag and deal with problems because the owner of the home is off on Vancouver Island or somewhere else. So it's, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of a high-level overview of what we're looking at. You know, it's interesting because we brought this up last week on the show, this, this idea of maybe changing the regulations around an Airbnb. There's not really that many of them. There's just under 2,600 active Airbnb listings in our city. So that's, is, is, I have I have 4,400 according to the website AirDNA. Air and I think this discrepancy highlights one of the problems here is these companies are not exactly forthcoming with mm-hmm. the, the, the regulations. In fact, we as the city know that from, from a 2019 uh, report that the city administration did, only half of them were operating with a valid business license. And they are supposed to, uh, if you're listing your home on Airbnb, you're supposed to include your business license number in the advertisement. And so we know sites aren't requiring that, even though we are requiring that as part of the law. So it it makes it even shadier. So I, I don't think these, these operators have been exactly cooperating in good faith either. 
I wonder if the discrepancy in the number is talking about short-term rentals as a whole, and maybe that that larger number of 4,000 is inclusive of not only Airbnbs, but maybe of Verbos as well. Regardless, is that number, say it's closer hypothetically to 5,000, is that yeah. enough to address what we're looking at in terms of decreased rental options in our city? Because that still seems like a relatively small number. Well, there is no one magic bullet to the housing crisis. And there's it's it's about chipping away in a number of different ways. It's about building supply, but it's also making sure that that supply isn't being built just to become short-term rental properties again. When we have landlords saying, you know, I, I decided to can't kick out my tenants and become an Airbnb because I could make twice as much money or three times as much money, that's not good for anyone, especially in high desirable locations like near the university, near the hospitals, near White Avenue. Um, this is a problem for other folks in the buildings if it's in a condominium where they have this constant back and forth of folks coming and going. And uh, again, um, it's offloading the burden for enforcement onto the neighbors instead of these companies. So um, there's a lot more that needs to be done. And today it's 5,000. It could be more later. I think it's important to to look at this and say it used to be zero. We used to have a, you know very few short-term rentals. And, and it's only in the last few years that this is... Uh, this is spun out of control. So as the regulator, as the city, we need to get ahead of this and say, we have a problem here. How can we solve it together? People say, though, Councillor, that it's their property. And so therefore, they're entitled to do what they want with it. So do you agree that the idea of coming in as a city and trying to crack down on people's ability to make money and rent their homes out as they want to is overreach? Well, if they decided to open a butcher shop in their second floor apartment, that wouldn't be allowed either. They'd need to go and get permits and a business license, and they would need to... uh, um, follow the law when it comes to um, permitting and everything else. And this is no different. They're functionally operating a hotel that is competing with hotels while hotels are paying commercial tax. Hotels are paying business tax that goes towards enforcement and bylaw and snow removal and all those other civic services we need. Well, here, this is just creating a loophole that is being exploited by a number a number of these these mega properties that are functioning like big ghost hotels. I saw a stat that you know, it's a very small percentage that own a large number of the of the short term rentals, and uh, they really do chip into the housing stock. And this this is a this is a result of constituent complaints to my inbox about the the reoccurring party house where where no one is there to come and deal with it, where the absentee landlord is is away and and the neighborhood is left picking up the pieces. I wonder, you know, the idea of these operating as ghost hotels or having management companies, you know, run a, a few or or maybe, you know, quite a few Airbnbs is seen as unfair competition to hotels. And is that something that we really need to be focusing on? Why can't hotels then change a little bit of their model in terms of the way that they operate? I mean, this is just friendly competition, very similar to taxis and Ubers from a few years ago, isn't it? Uh, well, it, it depends what they're doing. Like, are, are the Airbnbs paying the same tax as the hotels? They're not. So that needs to be fixed as well. Are the, are, are the buildings, like, if you're the, if you're the neighbor and you have, a, you have an apartment and suddenly this is happening in your building, or if you're the neighbor and you live in the community and then the house on the corner, is, is, it was never zoned to be a hotel. It was never uh, set up or the infrastructure required to be a hotel, yet now they're dealing with all the coming and goings and the other nuisances and the parties and the garbage. Um, you know, neighbors, neighbors don't like this. They, they, they have a right to, you know, have a, have a, 
uh, appropriate oversight and enforcement over what happens in their neighborhood. And and these uh, it's certainly very profitable for a small group of people who run them, but they're offloading all of the costs onto the rest of us. And that's absolutely not fair. So I want to clarify once again the regulations that you think would be appropriate moving forward. But but first, let's just address the, the tourism component of it, because these do offer an attractive and often affordable option for people that are coming into our city. And don't we want to promote more tourists to our community? I think they did once, um, but when you look at the fair, the, the the fees and all the hidden fees and the cleaning fees and everything else, it's it's comparable to 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 any hotel and and uh, hotels are already you know very very competitive now with each other and uh, um, I think we absolutely wel- want to welcome tourists and to come and enjoy um, many of the spaces where where hotels are like White Avenue or downtown, not in the middle of a suburban neighborhood where you can have a two a.m. party and no one's coming to uh, no one's coming to deal with the enforcement. Okay, so once again, the regulations. You couldn't keep an Airbnb or a short-term rental on the market for any more than 90 days throughout one calendar year. Anything else that you'd like to see change? I Well, I'd certainly like to see the taxation uh, change so that they're taxed equitably with uh, hotels so that if you're if you're doing a hotel business, you should be paying the, the same business taxes that a hotel would be paying. Um, and I also would like to see uh, a, a consideration given to requiring the landlord to, or requiring the property owner to stay on site. So in other words, you could rent out your your garage suite if you lived in the house because you would be there to maintain and, and you know, have eyes on that other property. Um, it, it, I, I don't want to see a model where, um, you know, you can have somebody owning multiple properties, running them all on Airbnb at the same time. I think there, there should be some obligation of just the way the hotel hires a bellhop or the hotel hires a um, staff that there should be some in-person management of, of these sites to mitigate the, 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 the bad neighborly behaviors we've been seeing. So where does this go? How do, we, how do you push this forward then? What happens next with this idea? Well, we'll be, uh, we'll be debating it at City Council this week. Uh, I, I expect whatever happens, it'll be continuing to push for a while. I think what you've seen in, in British Columbia is just the beginning with the province cracking down on them. I expect you'll see that in other major cities and provinces like Ontario and, and, and others. Uh, I think the, uh, this, the housing crisis is only going to worsen over the next decade. And when you have renters, uh, that there's research out of British Columbia that, set, that found that the rent increases were 20% higher than they would have been otherwise because of the existence of short-term rentals taking the supply off of the market. So it uh, it, it affects a, a lot of folks. And as Edmonton grows and Calgary grows, I think you're going to be hearing more and more of, out of uh, out of Alberta as well, too. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's it, I guess. Okay. Well, I know that our listeners are going to have opinions on this one after getting some clarity. Uh, so 780-496-0063 is the number to text in if you want to share your thoughts on this idea to amend this bylaw and create stricter regulations around these short-term rentals. Uh, Councillor Jans, from one city council battle to the next, you're just coming off of the heels of uh, nearly a week of public hearings surrounding the yeah. new zoning bylaw that now has gone through officially as of today. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about this. So in an 11 to 2 vote, uh, you were on the winning side of this. Property owners in Edmonton now going to be able to build three-story apartments, townhouses, row houses, or duplexes um, starting next year. There were a lot of concerns. This has been a huge conversation. What do you think this is going to mean for the future of our city? 
Yeah, I, I think it, uh, many of the changes here that pass today are already in existence. You just need to drive to Bonnie Dune or Ritchie or Grosvenor. Some of the core neighborhoods already have this type of housing stock. It sounds a lot more shocking when you frame it like that than it actually is when you show up in the neighborhood and look around. What it will mean is that Edmonton's going to be able to offer more housing choices for folks. We'll be able to build a little more sustainably in terms of our, our fiscal situation. It's really expensive when you build a big, sprawling city like Edmonton. And by changing the rules so that we can have more people living in the core, uh, we can start building up and start, start stop building out. Uh, it leads to a, a more sustainable city. It, it leads to better civic services because people aren't having to drive as far. It leads to more housing choices. And we know that each year Edmonton has grown effectively by the city of Beaumont. 20,000 people each year are basically added to the city of Edmonton. And the question is, where are they going to live? Because, you know, we can't keep wrapping around the airport and going further and further south. At some point, we need to revitalize the core and look at these old neighborhoods with houses that are coming down and say, okay, well, what's a better, what's a better use of this space? And how do we, how do we make a better, more sustainable decision? So just like with the Airbnb question, it's, we're in a housing crisis. How do we make sure that homes are affordable, rentals are affordable, 36% of our city rents and anything we can do, whether it's uh, offering more housing choices, whether it's, it's densifying slightly around uh, uh, areas that are, that are you know, desirable for revitalization, that'll build a better city for everyone. Well, I think certainly increasing property taxes um, and key interest rates now going up has not helped. I mean, this is a layered and pretty complicated problem that's put us into this situation. Those were some of the concerns brought up with the zoning bylaw, too. How is this going to impact property tax? What will this mean for the character of neighborhoods? What about parking? Um, how How is the city planning to address some of that? Well, we know that this will actually help reduce the demand for property taxes because property taxes go up when you have more roads to plow, more 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 lights to build, more more services to offer, more snow plows having to drive hundreds of kilometers. Um, when people live slight, in a slightly more compact fashion, when more folks are in a neighborhood, they can keep the pool open, they can keep the school open, they can make sure that um, more of those those services are actually more sustainably delivered. So, in fact, I, I can't remember the number exactly, but if you uh, the the um, a more urban neighborhood reduces the demand on the taxes by by quite amount compared to the new suburban neighborhoods that never pay for themselves. So, really, folks are coming anyway. It's a question of if they go out there, all of us are going to have to pay more taxes. But if we bring them into the core, where the services already are, where we're already clearing the streets, where we're already doing these, uh, you know, offering important uh, services from parks to playgrounds to cemeteries, uh, this is much better for everyone. Councillor, before I let you go, you're now at the halfway term. Um, This council is now at the halfway term. There's been some mixed reviews. Um, Political analyst John Brennan has weighed in on this, a writer for the Edmonton Journal, Keith Durine, as well. What do you say to the the criticism and sort of the, the, the mixed perception of this council now two years in? Oh, I, th- I think that's totally normal. I, I, I think that, you know, we've inherited a lot of big challenges as a council and in the city and in this post-pandemic time. I mean, when we were swearing in two years ago, um, we couldn't even stand together. We had to be socially distanced and have masks on. And that's that's the point that we were at coming out of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, um, there's there's a lot of big challenges, no matter who's in charge, no matter who's at council. We have we have deferred maintenance. We have a, a city that's growing. We have a housing crisis. And, uh you know, we uh, we've had uh, uh, mixed support from the from the provincial government to date, and uh, really, I, I just have to say it's the honor of a lifetime. Even the bad days are good days, 
And, uh, you know, we, we take all the feedback. I, I, I welcome all the feedback. I welcome critical feedback. And uh, uh, it's a chance to improve. It's a chance to tweak. And some of the changes we made may not be realized for, you know, another uh, another year or five years from now. So it's, uh, it's, it's about listening, learning, and always trying to do better. Well, feedback from you, Chad Nation, is, of course, always welcome. Anything that you want to share about amending short-term rental bylaws, talking about the new zoning bylaw, we're also going to have Councillor Sarah Hamilton on a little bit later on in the show. Send in your thoughts, 780-496-0063. Councillor Jans, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. You too. Take care. Of course. That's Michael Jans, Edmonton City Councillor for Ward Papasteo.